Sometimes life can feel like one big project, constantly trying to put the pieces together. What if I told you it's okay to be a mess? Life is a journey and we must transform ourselves into who we want to become. We start by knowing who we are and with the relentless pursuits of our passion and purpose. How did I do it? With a lot of help from my friends. And we'll talk about all of that right here on The Beautiful Butterfly Project. The power you have is to be the best version of yourself you can be so you can create a better world. Ashley Rickards said this. And today on episode 11 of The Beautiful Butterfly Project, our guest will be Joyce Deeples. She is a joyful mindset coach and owner of Life to Enjoys. She will share with us her wisdom and insight on her journey to overcome eating disorders and how she teaches others to finally reconnect with themselves and have a better relationship with food. And we'll talk about all that right here on this episode of The Beautiful Butterfly Project. Today's guest on The Beautiful Butterfly Project is Joyce Diebels. She is a certified health coach and NLP, EFT, and TFT practitioner who helps women to boost their body confidence by creating healthy eating habits that they will make last for a lifetime by making better food choices. She coaches women who are ready to create a better life for themselves and step into their power by changing their mindset. From a young age, Joyce suffered from emotional eating, restrictive dieting, childhood trauma, and body image issues. She also had to manage hypothyroidism and PCOS and developed orthorexia and a binge eating disorder. Changing her diet and exercising more didn't work, but changing the mindset did. She now has healed herself naturally and has a freedom from food, a peace of mind, and most importantly, loving and accepting herself. Joyce is on a mission to help women achieve the same and prevent weight stigma, dieting, and body shaming from happening by teaching and educating young kids to love themselves and others as they are. The Beautiful Butterfly Project welcomes the beautiful Joyce Diebels to the podcast. Hello, how are you today, Joyce? Hi, thank you so much for the beautiful introduction. Yes, I'm doing really, really well, and I'm excited to be here today. That's amazing. And as always, I you know, I read the bio of our guests, but I always ask the introductory question. Why don't you tell the individuals that I dub the Butterfly Nation a little bit more about who Joyce is? Yeah, so, well, I'm Joyce, <laughs> and I currently <laughs> live in Melbourne, Australia. Yeah, I've been living here for, the, for about three years now. I've also lived in the U.S., and I'm originally from the Netherlands, so I've kind of been all over. And um, yeah, I'm currently working as a coach, and then I also teach kids, as you said in the introduction. And the reason why I'm doing that is because, well, I'm a teacher by heart. Like, I love helping people, sometimes a bit too much, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. depends why I you know, had these issues and health issues as well, because I wasn't really fully taking action and taking enough self-care for me. And I think with like the dieting and stuff and everything that I've been through was because I wasn't good enough. And 
I mean, that's a whole story on its own. But essentially why I wanted to lose weight was because I thought I would be accepted, would be loved by my family, by my direct family, and basically by everybody in my life because I always felt, not only felt, but I was also told that, you know, I was too fat, I was too overweight, and that I needed to lose the weight. I was laughed at when I couldn't fit in my jeans anymore, and I would try this evening to fit all my pants on so that I had something to wear to school the next morning. And I couldn't fit in any anymore. And every time that I fit on one, I would burst into tears. And then, you know, I was laughed at because, you know, like they thought it was funny, which obviously it's not. And on top of that, with dealing with hyperthyroidism and PCOS, I was diagnosed with hyperthyroidism when I was 16. And the same thing with PCOS, which ended up being diagnosed way later. But I'm pretty sure that I had it like all along, but it was just masked by taking birth control. And with that, like it's easier just because you have a hormonal imbalance, your body easily stores fat. So it's harder to like lose fat and lose weight. So a lot of women who have PCOS or dealing with hyperthyroidism, they find that it's way, way, way more difficult to lose weight. And it's not as easy as, you know, I'm just eating less calories and then I'll lose weight. But I felt that I needed to lose the weight to become healthier, which is also what your doctors will tell you, like, oh, your symptoms will reduce once you lose the weight. So you just need to go on a diet. And Mm. that's what I did from, you know, the age of 16. And on top of that, from a very young age, from four years old, actually, I was never taught how to properly deal with my emotions. And as kids do, they mirror their parents, they mirror their peers. And so, you know, when my parents would feel sad, they would eat. When I fell down and scratched my knee, I would get a piece of candy to make me feel better. So I quickly learned that once I'm angry or sad or don't feel good, I just eat food and then I'll feel good again. So that is something that I carried with me for over 20 years until I decided that being on a diet, over-exercising, tiring myself out, not only physically, But also mentally, I was just so, so much in my own way. And I knew that I had a bigger purpose. And at the time, I was in a burnout with the corporate job that I was in. And I needed a change. I needed to work on myself. So I went to Australia. Mm. And that's basically where I started to work on my mindset, really made that difference. And then I decided... I wanted to do more and I was so in my health journey and people would ask me a lot of times on like advice and and tips and everything and I would always help them with that. So I was like, oh, I'll become a dietitian or like a coach or something. And then eventually, yeah, the coaching just came naturally to me. And yeah, I did this super duper amazing training and became a coach and NLP practitioner and decided to build my company off of that. You know what, Joyce, you are already just so amazing because we had a chance to chat before, but what you just said was just so packed in how we learn our relationships and our response to certain situations by living in our environment. And I too 
I've had an unhealthy relationship with food. You know, I was overweight for a while and woke up one morning and heart was beating real fast. And, you know, the doctor had already told me, like, look, you need to lose some weight. You know, you're obese, you know, working in the career field that you're working and you have stress. And so, you know, I did manage to lose the weight. But even with that, I identified with something that you said about if you have a bad day, you eat. If you fell down, you like you scraped your knee, then you got a piece of candy to help you, you know, feel better. You know, I know for me that when I was in law school, if I didn't do well in a test on my way home, I'd stop at the Dairy Queen and get a peanut buster parfait with extra peanuts because it would make me feel better. You know, stop at the Mm -hmm. Dunkin' Donuts on the way home and get a dozen and eat four before I got there. So I know what my defining moment was and my cathartic moment to move me toward a healthier lifestyle. What was that one moment for you? I think I had a couple of moments as I did have to face like quite extreme things, but I always thought that, you know, I'll just go back on a diet and I'll try again. So that was basically my pattern. And I think really changing my mindset and working on that helped. But I think the real difference was when I came to Australia, I got really, really ill. And I think it's just because the food here is so different. I think it's the same in the US, but at that point, my body wasn't reaching its top level A lot of people here are gluten intolerant. And so I became very, very sensitive to food, which partly has to do with like the food and how it's being processed. But also like if you're eating the things that are not well for your body, then your whole digestive system, your microbiome will get inflamed. And that was what the case was for me as well. I inflamed my body so much. I would be in extreme pain bloating, like the whole IBS story. Yes. I knew, like, I think because of the work that I already did, I knew intuitively that something was really, really wrong. And I tried to like go to a doctor, but it wouldn't take me seriously. They said like, oh, there's nothing wrong. Just try, what is it again? Like try to FODMAP diet and you'll go from there. And I'm like, I can do that, but that's not it, you know? Like I can't live off a FODMAP the rest of my life. Yeah. And even trying it for two weeks, as he suggested, wouldn't fix it. And I just felt miserable physically. I felt like mentally also not really well, even though I was having a beautiful time. Like I was so occupied still with food and how people would perceive me and if I didn't look too fat or if people would actually like me. And with that, I just felt so down that I was like, okay, there has to be another way. And then I became really obsessed with finding that other way. And part of that was that I knew that my hormones were imbalanced. And I then read a lot about birth control and how that masks your symptoms. So I decided to stop with that. And that's where I realized that a whole bunch of other symptoms came out, like my acne came back extremely I lost my period for two years. And yeah, so I felt like, okay, my body is not working. Because especially for a woman, if you don't have your period, like you can't conceive, obviously. Mm. (laughs) That means that your body is also not healthy enough to do that because it goes into survival mode. And the fact that I realized that I was in survival mode just struck me so much that I really knew that I had to change. 
I just didn't know what to do exactly. And that's where I got help for myself, but also started my own coaching journey. That was basically, as I would say, the start of a new chapter or a new era. And when you talk about getting help and you starting your own coaching business, was there someone in you finding your help that you would consider a mentor or um, someone that helped you really start this healthier journey? I think eventually it was me. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And now I do have like really great mentors who just keep me on track. But back then when I started, I desperately wanted to seek help from doctors. They wouldn't help me. Like I knew that I had PCOS. I knew it, but it just wasn't diagnosed at the time. They they said that it wasn't it wasn't that, but it is now. Like eventually I found a really good doctor and she helped me out. I did look for help with counselors and psychologists and stuff, but I never really gotten the help that I really needed. It, it it helped me though. But eventually as I stood open to do the work myself, I really well face my fears as well and just go through it. That's where I made the biggest difference and also attracted then the mentors that I do have today. You know, that's so amazing. What you mm-hmm. said is that it was you. You were your own answer. You were your own initial mentor. You know, it uh, reminds me of a quote that, you know, former supermodel, I guess, Tyra Banks said that we have what we have inside of us to be Mm -hmm. victorious, you know, to be independent and to be fearless. It's like we just need to exercise that power that is within us. And that sounds exactly like what you did. It's like I was always with the whole being good enough, like I was always looking externally to for approval, for validation, for acceptance. But I learned that I had to learn how to love myself, that I had to feel that I was good enough first. And with that, I became so powerful that it's not that I don't care about what other people think anymore, but (laughs) it's my basis that I need to look within. And the same with coaching, like coaching is not about telling people what to do. It's about showing them different perspectives so that they can find the answers within that they already have, which is super empowering. Right, right. And so it sounds like coaching is your passion. Mm, Yeah. And so why don't you tell the Butterfly Nation a little bit about your coaching business and me just taking a look at it. It's always crust your instincts program. Could you tell us about that? Yeah. So always crust your instincts program is I love puns. <laughs> so like <laughs> crust refers to like the pizza crust, but always like it refers to like trusting your instincts. Yeah. It's when you are overeating or when you're on a diet cycle that you can't go without. You trust your diet plan. You trust that. You know, I'm eating this food and then I'll get what I want. But with that, and especially when you've been on that for so long, you trust your diet or the rules that you have around that, you know, like, oh, I have to eat at 12 o'clock because that's lunchtime. Um, I have to eat this meal even though I'm not hungry or, you know, I have to wait until it's lunchtime, but I'm hungry right now, you know. Or we tell ourselves that we can't have carbs or whatever rules that you have 
one of my rules as well was that I needed to finish my plate because I came from a quite poor family and they always wanted me to finish my plate even though I wasn't hungry. Isn't that something? Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> but it, it, it still takes me quite some effort today yeah. to navigate that a bit more especially when I'm out and about with my culture as well like you know we want to get our money's worth and we love free things so <laughs> if you're out in a restaurant and you get like a whole plate it's like oh I want to eat everything especially if it's a buffet <laughs> or you know or when you're not eating everything when you're at a friend's place or on a birthday and you say no to a piece of cake then it's like oh, oh you're not yeah. loving me because if you love me then you'll eat my piece of cake <laughs> Wow, but wow. it's it's not that, right? Mm -mm. So it's navigating to connect with yourself, with your inner wisdom, with your body as well, and to have that holistic approach of body, mind, and spirit, because your body is always telling you what it needs. And if you've been so prone on diets and following a plan, you're disconnected from your body. If you're following your cravings, that means that you're following what your ego wants. And that's human. That's very, very human. We have an ego and, you know, we have your intuition. So your monkey brain versus your human brain. Mm -hmm. And monkey brain, like it's your survival instinct. So what your ego actually wants to do is protect you. It wants to keep you safe. But the thing is, it's not always keeping us safe. And it's then about like choosing consciously to let go of your ego in a way so that you can take care of yourself better. It's the same thing when we want to do and change something. It's so hard because we rather stay in our comfort zone because that's safe. It's really, really scary to face your fears. Yes. And it, it still is for me. Like sometimes I'm not always willing to look those fears in the face, you know, and do something about it because it's just easier to pretend it's not there. <laughs> it's easier to pretend that you don't have a problem. And, you know, like in my coaching program, I love to put like light on the dark places to see what's really going on, to go to the root cause of what it is that you're struggling with, what it is that keeps you stuck, what it is that you see as obstacles in your life because eventually it's what you see in your head as an obstacle eventually everything is possible and you can do everything but it's all in your head and so it's a real mindset thing and with that you are more aware of your root cause of why you do the things that you do and then you can create your whole new plan you can create goals that you want to work on you can Find your way to eat and think for a healthy body and mind. Like it's so empowering. You just learn so much about yourself. You feel so empowered because you find those answers within, as I said before. But then you also get the guidance and teachings of me that I used, my method that worked for me to overcome all those things. And yes, it's mainly about, you know, like diets, binge eating any problem that you have with food or your diet that's just not really making you feel good or healthy. It's so much more than your wish to be healthy. It, it has a main impact. Like my relationships have improved. 
I can see with my clients that, you know, they have a better relationship with their partners. They're attracting people that are more aligned, that they get inspired by. They have more energy. They have more confidence. So with that confidence, they actually do better at their jobs as well. Like it's so funny how just working on one thing that's a big issue has such a big effect on the rest of your life because in the end, food was never the problem. Food was never the problem for me either. Yes. It's just so amazing to hear you talk about that program because you talked about being confident in one area could lead you to be confident in so many other areas and and how it's really about a mind, body, and spirit connection, which is just so amazing. You know, Joyce, we are all created for a purpose. We all created for something that is greater and bigger than ourselves. Why do you Mm. think that Joyce was created? Why do you think that you were created? Ah, I love that question. Well, I, I know in my bones that I'm meant to be here to help others, to serve others, to inspire others. And I think that's something that I've always done deep within me. And I just wish for no one to have gone through the things that I've gone through. And so that just makes my passion so, so big to just help everyone. I just want to help everyone and, you know, like have a big cuddle all together, like <laughs> kumbaya almost. <laughs> I, I can't wait till COVID is over so we can just have that big hug, that big kumbaya. It's so, it's so good. I'm really, really driven to just make this world a better place. And I strongly believe that if I had the right support and guidance and perspectives when I was four years old, that I would have become right then and there so resilient and strong so that I would stay true to me. I would know that I was good enough and loved no matter what I looked like and that I wouldn't have been so drawn to other people's opinions and attention so much that I could just do my own thing and trust that that was good enough. Now, that doesn't mean that I regret everything that has happened because it has led me to where I am today. But I do wish for other people to have that as well. And I just hope to one day that, you know, society changes in such a way that we don't have to diet anymore unless for medical reasons, but we don't have to diet anymore to just look good. We don't need a six pack to be accepted or, you know, like that is the whole body positivity or more body neutral that we just accept our bodies as it is. And body shaming as well. Like if I see some, not now, but like when I saw other people, I would always be like, oh my God, like, isn't she hungry? Like, shouldn't she eat? Or, you know, oh, she's so skinny, or she has like fat around her tummy. Like, is she accepting of herself? Like I was always busy with other people, but then also thinking for other people, what they would think of me, what I looked like. And for a really long time, even when I lost the weight, I still thought that I was fat. So that like reviews basically how powerful the mindset is, because even when I was super skinny, I still didn't think I was good enough. I still thought that people wouldn't accept me. And I still thought that, yeah, 
my body wasn't good. And now I'll look back at photos. I'm like, hmm, I actually look pretty damn good. <laughs> but I also look pretty damn good today. And, Absolutely. Do. Yeah. And, and I think the bigger passion, and it makes me so, so angry and therefore so fired up to make that change, is that it is scientifically proven that kids will create a conscious awareness of their body and those of others at the age of six. Now, I believe and have seen in my own experience that today with all the social media and everything that happens, it's one, become way, way tricky because we see it everywhere. And I feel like kids these days have become really, really smart. So they also see it from a younger age. So I worked with kids where I know they have been so conscious of that. So there's this girl who was four years old that didn't want to wear a jumper. And I thought that was because she was just warm and, you know, she didn't want to wear a jumper outside, even though it was quite chilly. But when I asked her why she didn't want to wear the jumper, she said, oh, I just don't want to wear it because I'll look fat in it. And I'm like, you're four years old. Like, where is this coming from? Why do you think that you look fat in just wearing a jumper? Like that just, like, I just wanted to cry. And this other kid, he's three. And as you know, as a mom, like kids are ridiculously curious and I love that so much. And so, you know, they ask the obvious question, why? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he was asking his mom why she would go out for a run. And the mom said, you know, as I would have said, like, oh, to just keep on moving. I've been sitting all day, so I'd love to move my body because I feel good in that. It makes me feel healthy. Instead, she chose to say that she was going to run because otherwise she'll get fat. And those things really mirror how big of an influence people have on each other and mostly on kids because they're just trying to make sense of the world, right? So would you rather let your kid make sense of the world that, you know, you have to be skinny or you have to do this because otherwise you get fat? Or do you want to make sense of the world for a kid to just be healthy as possible? That Those are like, even though the actions can be the same thing, it's mentally a whole different thing. And so I just want to make that change by teaching those kids about loving and accepting themselves and others that, you know, you're good enough as you are and the consequences of weight stigma and body shaming in in general and how to protect themselves from people's opinions and society. Because I feel like that is something that you can have control over, but you can't have control over what is out there in the media. So that's what I'm super passionate about. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, the media just makes it so hard because of what we see every day. We're just inundated with so many images and our mind takes in these images. But what I've learned, we've attached these emotions to them and we view ourselves through that lens, which in reality, a lot of that is filters and, and all these apps that we have on our mobile devices change the shape of our nose. We can change how our stomach looks, our weight. You know, I love what you said about just the mom and her response to her child about how she was moving because she didn't want to get fat. But, Mm -hmm. But what is that? You know, it's a perception. And I love what you said about maybe one day in this 
world that we won't have to diet unless we have some health issue that signals to me how we just need to work with what we're given, work with our body type, work with our heredity, just be the best version of ourselves. Joyce, there are all these letters behind your certification, such as NLP and EFT and TFT and on your road to finding your passion and your purpose in life, you receive this amazing educational journey. So just would you share with the audience what these certifications are? Yeah, of course. So NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming, and it's developed by these two scientific people that come from linguistical and psychological backgrounds. And as we know, with psychology and positive psychology, they knew They were wondering basically how it is that some people are successful and some people are not. So basically, as I said and shared with, you know, the whole peer example, people want to model. If you want to be good at something, you're going to model somebody who already achieved that, right? So they modeled all these people who were successful. And what they realized is that it has to do with your neurons. So your brain, your mindset. And we have these neural pathways in our brains and those pathways will not really decide, but they have an effect on how we communicate and how we perceive the world. And that leads into certain behavior. So it's like thoughts, beliefs, feelings, and actions. And Mm. as long as I kept saying, I'm an emotional eater, guess what I did? I kept eating emotionally. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. makes sense. That yeah, that's a neural pathway. So you keep feeding that, right? The same thing with I'm not good enough. I keep feeding that. I keep saying like, oh, yeah, see, she does this. That means that I'm not good enough. That's the attachment that I put onto that and fueled that neural pathway. So if I want to change that, I mean, can change that. Everything can change, which is the beauty of it. The thing is, you just need to know how and also have a little bit of patience as well, is that you can change your neural pathways. But imagine that an emotional eater pathway is really deeply rooted within me because it has been there for so many years and I kept on feeding that. So that's like a speedway. That's like your highway, right? Right. So if you want to have the opposite, like I'm making healthy choices, I eat intuitively, That might not feel right for you in the moment. That's a whole new pathway that you have to create. It's like a little gravel road and you need to feed that over and over and over again consciously until that road becomes your speedway and your automatic way to go. That's how habits are created. Now, also the brain, as we perceive so many things daily, especially in this day and age, we have to delete disord and do whatever to make sense of the world. And gaining different perspectives within that helps you to choose better things that are truer for you today. So for example, like you need to finish your plate. That was true for me one day, but I had to shed a new light on it to see it differently and act upon it differently. So in NLP, what it basically does is I coach and teach people to change their neural pathway so that they think differently, they believe different things, therefore they feel differently and they act differently in such a way that that them becomes consistently, that they perceive the world different, 
that they communicate different and therefore they program their whole life and thoughts and mindset differently, which is beautiful. It sounds beautiful. Yeah. 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 So that is also stemming from psychology. Then this NLP practitioner, he had the NLP background. He had a psychology background as well. And he had a fear of water. And whatever he tried, he wasn't really like achieving anything. And he knew that there had to be a different way. And TFT stands for taught field therapy. So it's like an energy-based form of psychotherapy. And it reduces basically the symptoms of psychological distress. So like anxiety, depression, fear, pain, and because everything is energy. So there's flowing energy throughout the body. And if you can release that negative energy into positive energy, that then causes an, like a more balance in your body. It stems from NLP and psychology, but it also has like this Chinese Asian medicine in the sense that it is in a way pretty similar to what we know as acupuncture. In case you don't know what acupuncture is, it's basically where you stick needles in your meridian points in your body, where it also leads to better flow in your body of your energy. So instead of using needles, which can be quite scary, we use our fingers to tap on your body on those specific meridian points. And EFT is emotional freedom technique, which is quite similar to TFT, but just a bit different. And the benefit it's still boat tapping. So the benefit of this is that you balance your energy, your body's energy, and this then sends signals to the part of your brain that controls stress. So meridian mm. points can then reduce your stress, reduce your negative emotion, and restore that balance of the energy that was disrupted. So this this man tried to do that. He tapped on his body, and then he just had the urge to go and jump in a pool. And he realized that he wasn't afraid of water anymore. Wow. It is a form of therapy that has been approved scientifically. And like it helps when I have a headache. It helps to reduce my anxiety and stress. It has been helpful for so many things. And what I use it for specifically when it comes to like overeating, that stems from something and it's quite fearful. So often people are really, really scared to go back or to heal trauma and stuff like that. And this is just a really gentle and actually pretty awesome way to go through it because it balances your energy while you work through those negative things. Besides the tapping, it works with affirmation. So you go into what I call a negative round to Mm -hmm. start restoring your body's energy. And then you go into a positive round of like basically positive affirmations to really raise your vibration to make you feel good and to really let go and release everything that was holding you back. And it can change your whole mindset, mood and everything in like 15 minutes sometimes. It's amazing. Like I'm over here tapping on my shoulder (laughs) because I have a shoulder that has been bothering me, you know, and I know it's directly related to migraines that I've been having the last few months. So I'm sitting here really, really thinking my mind has just been open that maybe this is something that I really need to seriously consider because 
nothing has worked. And my next move was to go see a neurologist, you know, just to see what was going on with mm. the migraines and then the shoulder. But this is eye-opening. This is amazing. Yeah, it is. It's so cool. And I also believe that, you know, everything that is in your body, like the pain in your shoulder or, you know, other things in your body, like for me, the acne, that's, that's a big form of inflammation. So mm-hmm. something is inflaming within your body, something is not good. So it's, it's your body sending you a signal that you actually need to take a step back and do something about that. And yeah, obviously something it is really medical, but I strongly believe that it also has to do with a deeper meaning for you to resolve. Oh, this is amazing. I am on it, on it. (laughs) Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Well, there are a handful of questions that we ask every guest here on the Beautiful Butterfly Project, and they're just fun questions, and I'd like to ask you. And so, Joyce, if your personality were a color, what color would it be? Orange. And tell us why orange. Because well, uh, <laughs> orange, well, orange is literally my favorite color, but orange is so bright and, and fun and warm. And it reminds me of like sunset and sunrise. And I don't know, like orange is just suits me really well. <laughs> and if you had a favorite word, what would it be? Ooh, what's my favorite word? I know that I say like a lot, but I wouldn't consider that my favorite word. I think, ooh, bliss. Bliss. Ooh, yeah. Bliss. That's, oh, it's kind of like in this place and in this space where everything is just so euphoric. Yeah, exactly. The level of version of joy. And obviously, like, I love that word too. But I think bliss is a word that just has even more meaning to it than just joy. It's like the bigger sister. (laughs) I love that. That is so, so cool. The bigger sister of joy is bliss. I like that. I love that. And if you had one day left on earth, how would you spend it? Oh, I would spend it with the people that I love most, just being in the moment and in nature. Yeah, I guess that will make me most happy, like when I'm with good people in nature. And do you have an affirmation or a mantra that you repeat to yourself on a daily basis? Yes, I do. I always start in the morning with my morning affirmations and just as a daily reminder to to feed your neural pathways, right? So I always say, I love and accept myself. I'm good enough. I'm safe. I'm healthy. Yeah. And a variation of other affirmations, but those are the three main ones that means most to me. And could you please tell the Beautiful Butterfly Project where we can find you? Yeah, of course. I'd love to. So my coaching practice is called Life to Enjoyce, pun intended. <laughs> and <laughs> basically, you can find me anywhere on Life to Enjoyce. So my website is called lifetoenjoyce.nl. I'm very active on Instagram, so I'd love for you to come and say hi at Life to Enjoyce. I'm on Facebook, YouTube. I have my own podcast as well. So yeah, that's basically where people can find me. Well, you have found a fan here in (laughs) me, and I'm sure others will after they listen to you here on the Beautiful Butterfly Project and in the 
words of Joyce Diebels. You are enough and you are loved. And here on the Beautiful Butterfly Project, we just like to thank you for being with us because you have given others the courage to share their own story. And my spirit honors yours. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you so much, Nicole. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you found it to be insightful, but most of all, inspiring. If you are interested in being a guest or learning more, please visit our Facebook page at the Beautiful Butterfly Project Podcast or email thebeautifulbutterflyproject at innovativebutterfly.com. See you again soon as we take this amazing journey together on the Beautiful Butterfly Project.